0: Welcome back, Red Spotters, to another edition of the Red Spotlight Entertainment Podcast. I'm Lexus J Soto, your host today, and I am joined by Kyle Lira. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm good. Isn't it good. great it's, to be alive
1: be- and to be here recording a show? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A oh, beautiful yes. day for
0: this beauty. Would you be my neighbor, Kyle? Ew. Oh. <laughs> Damn, that took a turn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sure, why the fuck not? I feel hurt. I don't know what happened. That was so weird. Okay, well, we were neighbors at one point, believe it or not, a few years ago. What well, kind of? A couple oh, blocks away. We were in the same neighborhood, so technically speaking, not the cul-de-sac, but you I know. guess. Hello, I... neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for everyone for tuning in today. We have a a movie review on Mm -hmm. a film that uh, we have been looking forward to talking about for a long, long time. It is "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" the documentary film on Mister Rogers and Mister Fred Rogers, and of course the television program Mister Rogers' Neighborhood and the effect and the impact that it had. Um, on the world this film came back out in I think it was summer of 2018 and it had uh, a very lucrative run at the box office last time I checked it was the most financially successful documentary at the box office of all time that's pretty good that's amazing. Uh, a documentary. People don't go see these movies at all, basically, but at a theater, that that's something special.
1: You take somebody like Fred Rogers, and his name is so like lucrative, and you know he he strikes an impact, it strikes a chord, an emotional chord, and I think that you know because we. We Here at Red Spotlight Entertainment, we're never short of uh, anything political, but I think that we, we desperately live in a time where we need Mr. Rogers and we need more Mr. Rogers like figures uh, living today. So mm-hmm. I think that I think this movie came out at the right time.
0: Definitely, and we're going to get into all that and more as well as the the film itself and our uh, own experience with uh, Mr. Rogers and his neighborhood. Uh, As with every single uh, review of a film, we will get into our general uh, overall feelings of the movie. And then, of course, we're going to go into all uh, full spoiler territory um, Mm -hmm. for Won't You Be My Neighbor uh, on Red Spotlight number... 154, I believe, is the number on this one. So here, here we are. Now, uh, before we get into the review itself, as I just mentioned, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, talk about this. One of the things in, in terms of what a documentary can appeal to, definitely it's subject matter. And you are right. You hit the nail on the head, Kyle. The subject matter did, of course, interest people because it was Fred Rogers and, mm-hmm. uh, an icon, uh, a legend uh and i think that's even really just like not even selling it enough so for some a childhood icon exactly so as as you and your mother of course so please uh tell us before we even get into the show or to the review your history with mr rogers neighborhood uh
1: yeah okay barbara let me tell you,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just call me barbara Walters. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a compliment. She's one of the best, like, reporters and (laughs) show hosts of all time. Thank you. Uh, That was meant
1: no insult. No, I know. Thank you.
0: That's a compliment. Thank you. Okay,
1: so, uh, unfortunately, this is audio form, so uh, bear with me. I'm going to describe to you what I'm holding in my hand right now. I have uh, a, I think it's a shoe box or something like that. And what I did was I did a shoddy coloring and I made a, a, with a, a making my own Mr. Rogers neighborhood trolley out of cardboard. And I would like use this to go into the neighborhood of make believe. And it it was certainly something it says the neighborhood trolley on the top of it, you know, and I, I drew the seats and everything like that. So. Obviously, I the this, uh, this show meant a lot to me. It's colored so, red.
0: You painted it's, it. It's colored it. It's red. colored
1: red. Yeah. The uh, the seats are yellow, and the and the top is yellow too. It's faded as hell, but it it's still it still conveys that message that this is the Mister Rogers trolley. Can I ask um, you, Kyle?
0: Where did you find that? Where on earth did you even find that? How long have you had it?
1: Uh, my mom has kept it for ages. Ever since I was like five.
0: So you, you were five years old when you made that. Yeah. Holy crap.
1: And it and it still stayed in excellent tact. I mean, it's expanded tremendously, but still it's still retained its form after all these years and it still has it. It even has my name uh written on the inside of the box. Wow. So, wow. So And yeah. tell
0: us uh you you said to me that your mother also had she also grew up on Mr. Rogers.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a family affair kind of thing. Uh, Uh, we, uh, she grew up with the Rogers in the, in the seventies and the early part of the eighties, you know, and I grew up with Rogers in, uh, when he, he was going into his more like four episodes a year phase. But like at the time there was a thing called reruns and they were like rerun it all the time on, on PBS. And that would be my programming and all that stuff. And I, since then, you know, I, 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 arranged, I arranged the pillows in my living room and that would be like a King Friday's, uh, castle. (laughs) Uh, I would arrange like different things. So that would be my, guys, I'm going to tell you this. I had no friends growing up.
0: So (laughs) much like Fred Rogers himself. So television,
1: uh, movies uh and music was my kind of escapism and all that stuff you know those were my friends you know uh so I so that was what I did when I was five I would I would play Mr. Rogers I would put on my freaking uh my sweater I would zip it up I would put on my tennis shoes I would enter my house and uh and I would talk to an imaginary audience and I would go into the neighborhood of make-believe and then ended and left the house as Mr. Rogers would. (laughs) So that was pretty much what I did. Uh, The show really resonated a lot with me growing up because he, he, uh, he, he made me feel like, you know, that I was somebody to be warranted. You know, somebody to, you know, be, you know, to have this commiseration over, you know, and he he really uh, uh, he really nailed that on the head and he he'd made no child feel unwanted, you know, and if mm-hmm. and, and that's what his his main message was. Also, he didn't talk down to kids either.
0: I get the sense that he was talking directly to you and you felt that in a way that most adults wouldn't talk to you.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause he didn't, he didn't pander to kids, you know, he would understand kids. He would like, uh, if anybody who understands kids the most, it was Mr. Rogers, you know, and he was known for that, you know, and I, I, I you know, watching the show, I was like, you know, this is, this is the kind of role model that I really, that I really like. And he, uh, uh, like that this is my first like celebrity death that i was like devastated about because
0: oh yeah you were still young when this happened when he passed away yeah
1: because i saw on cnn and it was like fred rogers passed away and then my mom was like kyle look you know like what happened and my mom explained to me uh what death was oh yeah and how like some people and all that stuff and so it, like it really struck a chord with me when he died um and since then, I mean, it, I, I watched like other things with him in it. And, you know, he was, he was very understanding the, as I grew up, I, I come to like watch the older, older stuff with, uh, with SNL and find out that Ed, Eddie Murphy did Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, which is like a parody of it. Right, and Mr. Right. Rogers, uh, went out of his way to say that, you know, yeah, it is crass and uh and crude humor, but you do it with taste. So <laughs> um so if you have Mr. Rogers approval, then you're you're doing something right. Also, uh for those who don't know, he also did a special appearance on uh on the television program called Arthur.
0: Ah, fellow PBS. He,
1: yeah. He, uh, he, the episode centered, uh, uh, Arthur and, uh, his mom, I think was good friends with Mr. Rogers and she invited him to stay at their house for a little bit, but he was afraid of telling all the other kids that Mr. Rogers is in the neighborhood because it it was considered a baby's show, you know, Mm. And, uh, throughout the entire episode, he's trying to hide the fact that Mr. Rogers is staying with him and he knows Mr. Rogers and all that stuff. Um, until the end wherein he, when, uh, Mr. Rogers says, you know, it's, it's okay to be a child. It's okay to, uh, feel sad and embarrassed about it, but just talk to somebody about it rather than hide it. You know, and that's, that's a huge message to show to a kid. Yeah. You know, so I think. I think that uh, Mr. Rogers has definitely left his mark. You know, he's there's there's a handful of people in, in heaven rocking the peace aspect of everything, and one of them is Bob Ross, and the other is is Fred Rogers. So I think I think there's a lot going for that. And when this movie came out, I I, I needed to see it. It, 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 and I and I saw it as soon as because it. I live out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and and for this movie to come out uh, on a, on digital was like heaven sent, you know. And so right, I, I right, saw because it because there was way. no
0: chance. We talk about this often, but there's no chance that our local theater from back home, uh, where you reside, Kyle, there's no chance they would ever show a documentary on the big yeah. screen, especially just...
1: of especially of this. Also, it they didn't show it because. Our our nearest theater is a Cinemark, and it was playing in no Cinemark theater throughout the nation. It was only showing at Regal and AMC.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's very limited when it comes to documentaries. But I'm surprised though because Rogers, not but uh, that particular film was very successful. So yeah. I think it, it could have stu- uh, stood to have a wider release. Well. Huh. With my my history with uh, Mr. Rogers is, I would say, the antithesis, the complete antithesis of the answer that Kyle just gave, because I have no history with Fred Rogers. I have zero history with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, whatsoever. Not once did I ever see the show growing up, not once did this man ever come into my mind Um, at all. And I think even what's even more, I'd say horrific for people who are listening and definitely for Kyle. The only thing that I can recall of Mr. Rogers was that, (laughs) that parody that family guy did where Stewie Griffin, Stewie Griffin infiltrated, um, the neighborhood. Yeah. The neighborhood. And then he, he massacred the land of make believe and also Mr. Rogers. Um, which I'll tell you while as an adult, I find that still to be hilarious. The first time that I saw it, kind of traumatized me <laughs> in a bit because, like, it's like, damn, well, Stewie, it, like, it should, I, it, it like, should
1: traumatize you. I'm That's a normal human <laughs> response that it traumatizes you. <laughs> what the it, fuck? To
0: this day, Kyle, you do not like that at all. Like that was no, too, that was too far.
1: No, that's when I'm like, when I saw that episode, cause I watched Family Guy, I, I didn't like, I wasn't like fully invested, but I watched quite a few episodes. Mm-hmm. And when I got to that episode, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> they took a step too far. You don't, you don't, you don't touch that kind of, kind of stuff. No, just <laughs> no. They
0: murdered Mr. Rogers.
1: Yeah. No. No. I don't know. I still think it's pretty
0: funny. But you know, that aside. You sick fuck. That aside, thank you. Um, as far as that's really all my history was with Mr. Rogers. I mm-hmm. I I and I say that not as um uh as somebody who, you know, as glad that happened. If anything, after seeing this and after seeing the uh the effect that all of you have had because, uh, our, our friends here on the, of the podcast, Peter Martinez and, uh, and Nettie Valdez in particular mm-hmm. did grow up with this show. Um, and whenever I have them on in the future, I'll ask them and, and bring this up because as somebody who never watched this show, as somebody who knew very little about this man and the impact he had on the world, I, feel very comfortable in saying that I'm so envious that I didn't get to have that experience because I think this is without question, this film right here as its own is I would say it among the, the the top five best movies of 2018, I think is one of the best movies of the past 10 years. I think it's probably one, one of the best documentaries ever ever made. And I love documentary films because mm-hmm. what this did is educate me and introduce me to a figure that I knew nothing of. And halfway through the film, without even getting to the ending of it, I fell in love with this man and I fell in love with what he did and for all the good in the world that he was able Push that he was able to create. And there is no question in my mind, having seen this movie several times now, that you know how good it is when I've seen this at least four or five times um, mm. this documentary movie. I feel very comfortable in saying that this was one of the most, uh, one of the best people, one of the to ever walk this earth. I, I would, in my view, call him the very best representation of what a human being can be, and somebody that lived his life um, with his heart on his sleeve, and being absolutely kind to every walk of life that he ran into. And he would bring people up, he would inspire them, and he would show them what is right and what is wrong. He was the moral center, and I'm going to get into so many moments when we get into the spoilers of this film, but I feel very comfortable in saying that this film is an experience—an experience that will make you almost feel as if you lived through that time, uh, Mister Rogers. I find it for me in the '50s through the through uh, the '90s. So much history happened throughout those decades. A lot of conflict. Yeah. The world had, I mean, while it was not necessarily wartime, there was so much change. And Mr. Rogers was a big part of that change. He was a radical. He was a renegade. But he had, I, I, I would say, history would show the right ideas. And he was a pioneer in the world of children's education and television and recognizing what a powerful tool it could be used to help us bring the world together in a sense. So there are so many moments that I'll get into in this movie, but I can't say enough good things about it. Bring a box of tissues. If you're going to watch this, you need to emotionally prepare yourself because there are so many moments where you will be caught off guard and you will just break down. I have those moments. Kyle had those moments. We're going to get into it. But I can't say this enough. Do yourself a favor and watch this movie more than any other movie that we've talked about in the past year. Watch this movie, and Kyle was right. We live in a time. Even Megan Kelly herself, when she had her show on NBC, when she introduced, when she was interviewing, um, um, what was Mister Rogers' widow's name? Do you know? Uh
1: Joanne Rogers. He was
0: Joanne Rogers. Uh, she was on there with Yo-Yo Ma's son because he's he's, you know, Yo-Yo Ma's son was a, well, Yo-Yo Ma was a longtime friend of, of Fred Rogers, but Yo-Yo Ma's son was the producer of this movie. Uh, he uh-huh. went on the show with Joanne and Megan Kelly, you know, pointed out, look, we are probably more divided than ever before. Yeah. And what was so important about this movie having come out is what we wouldn't give to have him back in these times where we can't for one second acknowledge what makes us stronger and what makes us more united than ever. His is a voice that is missed more than anyone else's. Yeah, so that's where we're going to start off with. Kyle, do you have anything to add as far as your general impressions of this movie, or, or did I kind of just say it all? Uh,
1: kinda, but I'll <laughs> but I'll I'll come at it from a uh, somebody who did grow up with the show, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that kind of perspective. He, Mister Rogers, really, uh, uh, he is a rebel. Yeah, in a lot of ways, he he is. He's pretty much a, a rock and roll star in his, in his own right, you know, cause he, he went in and he, he changed people's thinking. You know, he looked at the camera when he knew what he was doing. Uh, and he really, uh, cemented the fact that, uh, d- be kind. Be kind, you know, and that, that's right. That is what his message was overall. You know, be kind <clears throat> to those around you. Be a good neighbor. And that's what, and that's what I think that this movie sells home more than anything. Uh, be a good neighbor, be a good person, be, be, uh, be someone, uh, a, a role model, a key essential value to society. And, uh, and this movie really proudly displayed, uh, Fred Rogers, uh, you know, message across. And I, I, I think that that was the most important thing to do with this. Because of his, uh, compassion, because of his empathy, because of his understanding for the human condition, as pretentious as that sounds, it, it, it is true. You know, he understood life better than anybody else did. And I think that this, uh, I think this right here, uh, displays, uh, what a tremendous force of nature. He was, um, also, uh, this movie gets you to look inside yourself and say, you know, yeah. have you been a good neighbor lately? You know, what have you done that has, has, uh, has merited, uh, your good neighbor mm-hmm. status, you know, uh, uh so, you know, you start questioning yourself, you start, you know, and that's the thing that a documentary is supposed to do. It's supposed to be thought provoking. It's a, you're supposed to look at yourself at the end of the day, you know, before
0: we get too far away. Uh, and before we get into spoilers, just to make sure people um, are caught up if you weren't aware. That's just a very basic premise, even though we kind of given it away, um, about filmmaker Morgan Neville, which, by the way, God bless Morgan Neville. He's an amazing filmmaker. Uh, for those who are not aware of, we did a review last year, uh, a, com- a combo review of Orson Welles' new movie, The Other Side of the Wind. Morgan Neville actually directed uh, They'll Love Me When I'm Dead, uh, which I think really shows because I think that was an excellent documentary film on Orson Welles and getting into who that man was. So mm-hmm. I would recommend you guys – check that out and that was also the the documentary film that was narrated by Alan Cumming so so
1: he so he's good at a at a tackling prolific figures yes
0: he's very good at that uh, Morgan Neville examines the life and legacy of Fred Rogers the well-liked host of the popular children's television program mr. Rogers neighborhood which ran from 1962 to 2000 and 2001 Um and this film gathers a very, very great uh a, a very great group. As, I don't know how that sounds, but a wonderful group of people um, as far as the interviews that are featured throughout this, you obviously have Joanne, uh, Fred's uh, widow, his wife that was there. And you definitely mm-hmm. have all his children and many of the people that worked on The Neighborhood, uh, as long a lot of the producers, with the, the excep- stage managers, the characters. Francois Clemens, who played Officer Clemens, has a very mm-hmm. important part in this movie that will break you to tears.
1: It, it, with the exception of Betty Aberlin. Uh, yes, she was yes. In- she wasn't in this, but uh, yeah,
0: I, I uh, was. I actually, that was one of the things that I uh, I was looking up. I wondered if she had passed away, but no, she's still alive. She no, just, she's
1: still alive. Yeah. She's live. She's pumping. Heavy Bernie Sanders supporter. Oh um,
0: really?
1: Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, follow <laughs> follow her on Twitter. She's very passionate about politics. Really, um,
0: Lady Yabelin. Who would have guessed? Yeah.
1: Um, but uh, apparently, like, she had she had some like. Reservations because she knew the man more than uh, anybody other than uh, other than his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh like they, they agreed at some port some parts and they they she didn't feel comfortable uh over glamorizing all the all the stuff that Mr. Rogers is because, you know, that's that's understandable because, like, mm-hmm. you know, while he was a tremendous man and what he did to society and everything like that. We don't really like physically, you know, mentally know the man,
0: you right, know, per se.
1: Right. So, uh, so that's the reason why she, she's, you know, uh, took a back seat from this. Um, but yeah, also they're kind of doing her dirty by making a uh, Betty Aberlin, uh, like, character in uh, in the Tom Hanks movie coming up soon. Uh, yeah.
0: Wait, what are, what are they doing to the to her to her character in the movie
1: they're they're making a betty aberlin like stand in character they're
0: not gonna do a betty aberlin herself no why i don't know hmm. i don't know but yeah well that's 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 something interesting um <clears throat> so we have all that and I just want to say something um as far as documentaries are concerned i think this is what I feel personally the genre of documentary filmmaking lends to stories like these. And in particular, with the story of Fred Rogers, I mean, it's, it, it's not the most difficult thing to explore because, in the sense, his story was already, I think, you know, made for, uh, for uh, a successful motion picture as we're going to be seeing later this year. But mm-hmm. what I think, is presented here is, you know, I think a transformative cinematic experience because you get to really, I feel, know just a little bit of who that man was. I understand uh, Betty Ebelin's, uh reservations and I agree that we have a tendency as Hollywood, as an industry and as an institution to over glamorize a lot of things, if mm-hmm. not everything. That's a very good point to have. But I would argue maybe there could have been some parts, but I never for one second got the impression that they were laying it on thick because they kept showing again and again and again the, the, the actions that this man took upon himself and the kindness that he would show to everyone. There, are, uh-huh. and we will get into all of them. But I, I, I never got the sense that this was over glamorized. I felt, um, that I was showing the life of an individual who, in my view, represents the best of us, really. So without, you know, getting too entangled in this, we're going to go ahead and get into, uh, spoilers, which means we're going to go fully in depth into the moments. Now, to what we were just saying, as far as examples that show Fred Rogers for who he was and uh one of the things that is made very clear in this film is so much of the show was influenced inspired by Fred's own childhood and I think a natural place to start is his childhood. his childhood, and I think I think we can just stop there because I think you said it earlier before. How you didn't have many friends when you were young, and you would basically have to make up your own fun. You have to make up your own imagination. So much like Fred Rogers, mm-hmm. and I—I uh, I don't talk about this often, but as as you, Kyle, I, I did have a similar experience. Um, I didn't have really I, I, what I would consider to be real friends um, until well. Uh, <laughs> Well into my teenage years, um, it was a lonely childhood uh, in the sense that I didn't have any friends. And like you, I had to find solace and make up my own fun in what was around me. And one of the things that I think, uh, you know, drew drew us to each other is the, the similarities of how we grew up and how we use television and the characters and the families and the friends that we made into our own surrogate families, our own surrogate friends, yeah. through the power of television itself. Um Because the alternative was to be alone all the time. And, I mean, that's just not very fun. So I think that's one of the things that we had in common, is that we had to basically form a relationship between us and the characters we would see on the television.
1: However... However, on the plus side of all that stuff, it gave us a robust knowledge of nostalgic uh, figures. I mean, I
0: yeah, okay.
1: Like the other day, like I was singing some song and I'm like, "Where do you put it all?" because like it was like some sort of nostalgic song from our from my childhood and he was like, "How do you know all
0: this stuff?" And this is why this is why. So, and you know what's interesting about that Kyle is Because I was just saying about the idea of what I would consider um, the relationship between a child and the television is a real relationship. Um, And a lot of people still don't buy that. A lot of people still don't realize the power behind that. But Fred Rogers was one of the first people to know that and to recognize that back in the 1950s. Um, where he was part of this early child development group, which included this, uh, pretty much this list of like rock stars that were there to really, for the first time, see, um, a child, the the psyche of a child. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that's the
1: time when like television was the thing. That's when it was like. If you had one. That's when you know, somebody who said, you know, the television and all that stuff, uh, like it meant something now, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't mean anything like, Oh, you watch TV. Okay, cool. You know, that's just a typical playtime, but this is, this is actually like revolutionary at the time. And nobody ever like, uh, and I think that he was like there, you're absolutely right when it says like, you know, he is the earliest, uh, uh, founders. He is a pioneer of television himself. Mm hmm uh and children's programming. I mean a lot of people like Jim Henson, he he quoted inspirations for uh for what he did with uh Sesame Workshops and Sesame Street. Uh he pulled Mr. Rogers, you know, for his influence over that. So I mean, there so much and it's just in the in the in the means of Pittsburgh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, that, and that, that was it. And still to this day, there's some, uh, if you look, there, there's, a, there's a museum and they still have the set pieces from, uh, from the television show. So I, yes. think, that, I think that's cool. I want to visit that one day.
0: Right, right. And, and getting into um, how Fred Rogers really, you know, drew inspiration from uh, his own childhood – I think the the biggest representation of that on the show was, uh, Daniel the Tiger. Yeah. And how, and we see in in the movie how, um, Joanne was, is is the big one, the, the big proponent who was saying that that was Fred. Of all the characters, that was most like Fred and especially Fred when he was young and very insecure and very much alone um and doubtful of himself. And we see in so many moments um how he utilizes Daniel the Tiger to say some very poignant um things really. Um What is assassination? <sighs> that was huge.
1: You don't talk about death in in children's television, but What
0: does assassination mean? <sighs> just I mean,
1: it sounds so trivial, but kids don't really understand what that is.
0: You just said yourself earlier on this show, you didn't understand that until well after 9-11 happened.
1: Yeah. So, like, 9-11 really shook uh, the world.
0: It shook you, personally, after the story you told me. That was... I didn't see it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, that was a whole different thing. But the thing is... Well, like, it's because
1: I, I grew up in a family where the TV was kind of always on. T- yeah. And what a way to view the world through, uh, through a screen.
0: Yeah, that, that, no, uh, no, but obviously one of the, the, the biggest, look, that, that's the thing. Assassination was a huge, huge reoccurrence back in those days. And the big assassination, uh, or I think that fell right into, uh, the show's early years was the assassination of Robert Kennedy. Bobby, yeah. Bobby Kennedy, when he was running for president back in 1968, I believe, or 1967, um, is when it happened. And that moment in our country was so bleak because this was the brother of the former president who was also assassinated. You just think about how, how much that family had been through, how much the country had been through to see these two brothers slain on television, basically, um, in front of our eyes. And the mourning that um, the whole country had to go through. And obviously, if you're a kid in those days, much like you in 9-11, you don't know what it means. You don't really know how to process what happened. You don't happened. even
1: know why it happened in the first place.
0: And what it means going forward, you just there's just no way to comprehend that. But Fred was just fearless. He didn't think about, oh, people. You know, I think a lot of people today are <laughs> don't want to push a lot of buttons because oh, you know, it rubs people the wrong way. Fred didn't give a shit if he rubbed no. people the wrong way at all. He knew deep down. What how it to, needed to be said. It needed to be needed said. What needed to be addressed? He, what needed to be addressed and how to communicate it to a child?
1: Let's get to Officer Clemens already. Already, because I think that's like one of the biggest ones. Okay, uh, because
0: obviously, you know, we see here he was one of the very one of the first black. Uh, figures in those times. And it was yeah. important. So much of his presence on the show was so important to history. H- uh, casting, uh, Francois Clemens as a police officer who Clemens, of course, says in, in the picture how, uh, conflicted he was because he, he was raised he was to awesome. believe that cops were the bad guys. And yeah. for him to be a cop, um,
1: was a big thing. And, and, not course, o- and not only that, behind the scenes, he was also gay.
0: Which plays a huge role uh, in the relationship between these two men, obviously going forward. But one of the mm-hmm. big moments, uh, one of the f- initial moments with Officer Clemens on the show is when Fred Rogers decided to have a segment where he would dip his feet in a pool, it's in a, a kiddie pool. pool, with yeah. Officer Clemens and... Um, the week or the week after, there was, um, one of these infamous moments in American history where, uh, in the 1960s, clearly, uh, when the, all of this is happening, when you have, yeah. um, I'm so disgusted. I don't even know how to describe it. You have, you have We're pretty black, much ho- black, black kids and white kids that are swimming together. And this person comes and drops acid in the water because how dare you? How dare you try and swim together in the same pool? And Rogers was so revolted by such an action that he went out of his way. And you see it on his face when he he doesn't say anything. Yeah. but You, you know well, the look. He, he
1: looks dead into the camera and like, I know what I'm doing. What are you going to do about it?
0: Uh, nothing, and you know what was what was beautiful about that is that he showed better than probably anybody ever alive how ridiculous, how trivial, how nonsensical, and how irrational racism is. Yeah, because he he showed you it it doesn't matter, and nothing happened just because he a white man put. His feet in a puddle of water with a black man, and he shared his towel with him.
1: And he's like, "I didn't bring my towel. It's okay. You could borrow mine." Yeah, it, the seeds planted in that in that scenario that that situation,
0: it's gold. And I want to remind people at this time: we're talking about a man, Fred Rogers, who was a lifelong registered Republican and who was a Christian. Ordained minister. And one of the things, and I have to say this, I'm not I'm not gonna get in a soapbox and rant for 30 minutes, but I, I want to say this about him that I love. He understood that um religion itself is and could be used to divide people even further. And yeah. I think he understood that he didn't have you know to uh give a sermon in a church he didn't have to wear a collar to preach the word of god in his way he recognized that he would be able to reach far more people if he didn't just label himself as christian or minister and that he did and That's i think why he yeah
1: you know he could have like cuz i know that he has a doctorate in a in psychology and all that stuff cuz yeah. he's a he's a fucking doctor too mm-hmm. i mean he's just like he's lived such a full life but he preferred to be called Mr. Rogers. Yes. Mr. Rogers. And that name, you know, that simplifies things. Because it's like, you know, I could call you Mr. Soto. And yeah. people would think nothing of it. I, people call me Mr. Lyra. People think nothing of it. But people call him Mr. Rogers. And, you know, that that's supposed to, like, alleviate things and not put him in such a high pedestal <clears throat> power that I think that uh, was really needed and made him more approachable if that makes sense.
0: And also at the same time while him while he went out of his way to not, you know, put himself in a box and label himself directly as that in my view and I say this without the intention of hurting people but in my view he was the best representation of what it means To adhere by Christian values. And you, and there were so many aspects of this show. Look at the title of Won't You Be My Neighbor? The Neighborhood, which is one of, if I'm not mistaken, the Ten Commandments is love your neighbor as you were to love yourself. And I think that is an aspect of Christianity. In my view, that is an aspect of Christianity and a lot of modern day Christians that is not appreciated as it used to be.
1: Because the thing is, is that nowadays we're going to get a little
0: controversial here. And we apologize F- for it, but this is just how we feel. You don't have to feel this way, but this is how we feel.
1: Uh, the, the name Christian and the name, uh, and all the sub branches of it, Mormonism and all that stuff. By the way, Kyle,
0: just very quickly, before people question you, what's your background in Christianity or, or, or Catholicism or your religion? Just real quick, if you feel comfortable talking about it.
1: I, w- I am born, raised, and uh, uh, right now currently practicing Catholic.
0: Right, right. Okay. And I, I, I'm a Catholic. My family's background is in Catholicism, and I also, you know, had my first communion and confirmed in the mm-hmm. Catholic Church. That doesn't mean we agree with all of our our religions' uh, beliefs or, or values and, and what is being you know I guess preached across the country, but that's our like it, background. So. Like it's
1: weird that it, it's weird that we drink the blood of Christ, but that's that's something. That that, that look that
0: we're not going to get into a whole bit of religion. Yeah. But I just wanted to let people know that we, I think we kind of know our stuff yeah, here. Yeah,
1: we're, we're, uh, we're, I, I, at least I am. Like I went to, I went to a, a, I was with Nettie and Eric and I went to a mortuary and I I did, I did, uh, I, I practiced a little bit of Catholicism there, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's just one of those things. Um, that being said, my God, is the whole Christian branch, Christian, Catholic, whatever uh, branch that comes with it, so entitled. Mm. Like, it is the most entitled religion that I have ever known. You know?
0: What makes uh, you say that?
1: Uh, because they're uppity, just because they have the word Christian, they they own dominance over everything, um, which it shouldn't be that way. It should be a, a, a free-for-all. It should be uh, everybody is on equal plane because we all we all shit we all get hangovers we all you know <laughs> there there there's a bunch of overlying things that make us human and i don't think anybody else should label themselves above that and use religion as a way to uh present themselves in any other higher power and uh most of the
0: time it is the christian religion that does that um i i would say quickly uh to add on to that um My own voice and my own view is – I think Fred Rogers understood that it was not his place to judge anyone. Mm-hmm. Um Christianity, one of the, the main beliefs of Christianity is your place is not to judge. God is the only one that gets to judge a person's life and a person's livelihood. That's it. Your job is to love them. That's my interpretation of the Bible and my interpretation of what the word of God is. And personally, I haven't seen much loving around these days.
1: Yeah. And that's what's so important about this movie. You know, it, it show love, show empathy. Won't you be my neighbor? Join me. Be my friend. Be, you know, be my companion through, through life. Because we all know that the world has seen some dark shit. And... Uh, it it is up to us to pedal through that, pedal through the darkness. And I think that that is something to be uh, not to be taken lightly. And I think that this is a message not only needed now, but of all time,
0: because... Uh, and by the way, I think the film also um, shows you how... Um, misguided a lot of people are, because toward the end, at, at Fred Rogers' own memorial service across the street, there were people who were protesting, and I'm not gonna say that disgusting, horrible word, the F word, to, you know, that's uh-huh. used to attack gay people. I'm not, I'm never, ever gonna say that disgusting, horrible word. Nobody should ever, ever say that again, or ever. But they, they were basically saying, God hates that particular word, and one of the people who was featured prominently in this documentary, one of the journalists that was a friend of Fred Rogers, went up to them and asked them why they were doing it. Um, and like, or, What are you saying, that Fred was gay? And their response was no, but he tolerated gays. So they are protesting a man's memorial service, not because they think he was gay, which is egregious enough to begin with, but because he had the nerve to tolerate gays. And these people claimed to be Christian. Bingo. I can't tell you how much that makes me want to cry right now. Because I feel very personally about this and very passionate in the sense that this was a man who had his religion. And even though his religion is saying, a lot of people in his religion interpret um Things that are said in scripture to attack gay people and demonize them. This man never once did it. And we know that in the relationship that he had with Francois Clemens, who Mm -hmm. never had an issue with his sexuality personally. I'm glad the documentary, however, did showcase how troubled he was because of what the scandal that would arise if Francois had decided to come out. Come out, yeah. Uh, in terms of the sponsors. And a lot of people, I think, historically speaking, would attack him for that. And I, I would just apply it, like we apply it with all the different cases, different world, different time. I'm not saying it was ever right to discriminate people and to tell them to hide who they are, but that was the way the world was. And Mr. Rogers' neighborhood would have been horribly hurt by the scandal of that, and it would have forced Rogers to essentially disown Francois and what a horrible thing that would have been horrible of course that that happened and in the that, first place
1: and that would be the last thing that rogers
0: would want right but but what what we're also shown is uh the relationship that francois and fred had with each other in the sense that francois was who he was he loved who he was and when he was asked about what it meant for him to keep that to keep that hidden and not go public with it mm-hmm. is he, he recognized his stature and the symbol he was to the black community for being a police officer, a black police officer on a major television program. And he recognized the conflict he had to either choose to live his life as he as, as true to, he was to himself or, to recognize that he had to sacrifice aspects of that to help the cause, to help promote. Because um, there were, again, it was a, 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 an age where race issues were only just beginning to take a turn, shall we say, to grow out of uh, that long stretch of discrimination. Right. Um, but then also, of course, and I have to say this because this is one of the moments that I think really just brought me to tears years and years and years later. Um, And you can tell that both men aged in the clip where they kind of redid the scene previously where they would go into the kiddie pool and they would dip their feet in. Mm-hmm. Um Around that time in the show's era, uh, there was this moment where, and, and Fred would always say this to a lot of people that I would assume also Francois on the show is, I love you just the way you, the way are. you are. And Francois was like, Fred, were you talking to me? And and Fred was like, I've been talking to you for two years, and you just listened. And then he said how he collapsed into Fred's arms and and how much it meant to him, how much it meant to this individual who had never been told his entire life by his actual father, by his stepfather, that they loved him. He said, no man had ever told me he loved me like that. And from then on out, he became my surrogate father. Just imagine. That's
1: touching. I, you see, that's the thing. You know, compassion, love, understanding is what he he went through. He he spoke to the misfits. He spoke to uh, the unfortunate too. I mean, he the outcasts. He is the domestic hero. You know, uh, and that you know he. You know, by being on that television show, he metaphorically got his hands dirty and and, you know, reached out to those who needed it, you know. And I think that uh when it came to like the end of the of the movie and there was like the one question like, you know, who do you love and who who loves you just the way you are? You mm-hmm. know, that was the that was the bit at the end. And every everybody just taught, you know, thought real hard of who of who did that and you know uh that you see that's what it's all about and that's i i think the overall message where rogers went into because you know not many people feel loved not many people feel kindness not I think
0: people- I think it's fair to say that there are moments in everyone's lives where we feel we question what he says in this movie is are we loved and do we have the ability to be loved and right. he tackles that in one of in one of i think my favorite moments in the film channeling of course through Daniel the tiger who is his embodiment his physical embodiment in the in, in the land of make believe mhm that amazing sequence, jaw-dropping sequence, I would say, the more and more I watch that sequence in this film, I have no words. And that is where uh, the scene with Lady Abilene and with Daniel in where he asks her, I've been wondering, am I a mistake? And if I can just ask everyone listening right now to this, to just think about and grasp for a moment what that means. And if you've ever asked yourself if you were a mistake, if you ever wondered to yourself, why am I here? Was I meant to be here? To be a child and to ask a question like that...
1: It's dark, to say the least. It's really dark and it i had a wonderful childhood i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get a little personal here Mm -hmm. i had a i had a wonderful childhood you know me and me and my mom we ran the world you know that was that was us you know within then my stepdad came along and he showed me you know love and all that stuff and we you know i had a a good childhood you know despite having no friends having a lot of people question why i'm so fucking weird uh and uh somebody who had like early development uh, depression really really set set some like boundaries with other people because they just didn't know what the hell was going on with me. You know. Um and to be alone, to be like that outcast, because, you know, yeah, you know, your parents loved you and everything like that. Um but, you know, to a kid, even to an extent an adult, uh in a in a cynical view, they're kind of required to. So anybody outside of that, you know, you got to you got to go uh, you got to go deeper than that. And for like nobody to understand you, you're like, well, shit, what what am I worth then? And the self-worth of that person really goes uh, uh, deeper than that. And for him to convey that in his show really, really said a thing where Fred knew what he was talking about. Uh, and, uh, the, those are uh, words needed to be heard for a kid like that. For- and
0: and to talk about the way that it was presented and the way he handled it, where Lady Abilene starts singing and you think, and even one of the, one of the commentators says, so you think, oh, well that, that'll be it. And Daniel was like, thanks. I feel better. No, it's not that simple. It's not so simple to quiet a doubt. Just like that, you. it's important, the people that we choose to have in our lives, it's important for them to support us. And of course, we expect them to. But even the best people in our lives aren't enough to quiet a doubt, are not enough to quiet... The reservations that we hold inside those dark, dark feelings and to make it a duet in where Daniel and Lady Abelin are singing together and where he's still resistant while listening to her. And then she's still singing to him. I think is really what, um, is the most accurate representation of what can happen in a moment like that. And I think, you know, I mean, just to be, you know, to be open and not, you know, what I, what I thought of in that moment are times where I've told Kyle, um, things that, um, I don't think are fair characterizations of himself that he says of, about himself. And I guess I, I just think he's better than that. Uh, in, in, in the words that he's, he uses to describe himself. And it's my job to tell him that, but I also feel that way. And at the same time, there are also those doubts that can't be quelled so easily, perhaps ever. But we do it because that's our role. That's what we're supposed to do. And that's why you have to have those people in your lives. And I would also say to that, I don't think that particular moment is exclusive to children. I think people, whether it be our age here or people of any age, will always have the opportunity to ask or wonder if they were a mistake. And I have to say as a 23-year-old adult, young adult, watching that sequence floored me. It floored me. And it made me think about times where I wonder, what, what's, what's the point of it? Why am I here? What am I meant to do? Do I have a purpose or anything? Was I, in fact, a mistake? I mean, you we all have moments like these deep down, even though we don't, for whatever reason, society dictates that it is um, taboo to talk about these things. But everybody goes through it. Everybody goes through these things. And for Fred Rogers to put that out there uh, as something he himself probably wondered in his childhood is beyond words. Yeah. Yeah. So, just to to say that, um, Kyle, I'm going to ask you, what what do you think was the most emotional uh, sequence in the movie? For you. Or, in getting to there, you can list off some moments that you thought... That you loved along the way, whether it be for, you know, that made you laugh or made you cry or things that you didn't know before about A Mr. Com- Rogers.
1: A couple of cool things throughout the entire uh, movie before I get into the moment that made me most emotional. Um, is, uh, number one, he loved to have fun with his, uh, with his crewmates.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the stage manager they had there. I yeah. love how, how, uh, he could be a dick, but a lovable dick. Uh, yeah. when he was saying, uh, you know, these kids could, what he would have said is like, uh, you know, f- fuck you, asshole. Basically is what he would have said. Some, some of the children who were being rowdy, but Fred never did it yeah. or, or when he would, uh, Print or he would put his ass on a on a copy machine, and uh, some people would walk away with prints of his ass. I mean, he was hilarious.
1: Yeah, and then he would like uh, Mr. Rogers would be one of the people who would get that image, and <laughs> and Rogers would laugh. He yeah, would be yeah. like That's so much funny. so
0: that he went out of his way to develop an entire poster and present it as a Christmas gift to said person <laughs> that was hilarious
1: it, like you would think like somebody like mr rogers would be kind of like uptight about yeah, everything yeah uh but no he had a damn good sense of humor about right, everything right. too um i found that really cool um i i i, I like the fact that up until uh, uh shortly like a month or two before his death he swam every day
0: yes one of the big moments was like he always weighed 143 pounds yeah
1: 143
0: pounds which stand for uh the letters of those numbers i love you which is i mean that's divine intervention if there ever was one right right? there
1: (laughs) man right there uh so i just little bits like that is cool also also just seeing the symbolic imagery of my childhood again through through the lens of a documentary the 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 fucking trolley you know x the owl henrietta uh king friday just all of these iconic characters throughout the whole thing oh lady lady elaine is like the sassiest bitch ever she's great inspired I love by Fred's own sister Fred's sister yeah which I it's beautiful it's beautiful uh so Kyle I, think-
0: I, I just remembered something um about uh Fred Rogers and then I forgot no 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 I remember um the first week of a show featured King Friday the 13th building an actual wall wall yeah And think about how relevant that is right now. Even more so. I shall build the wall. (laughs) It shall be this tall, (laughs) this wide. (laughs) Don't forget that great moment where he basically went, like, to the showdown between him and Senator Pastore. Because in the Nixon administration, Mm -hmm. Nixon wanted to basically defund uh, PBS. And... Fred Rogers single-handedly saved PBS from the yeah. extinction by reciting one of the songs about what children should do with their anger, and and you saw and you saw in Senator Pastore's face how mesmerized he was by Fred in that moment.
1: Hey, let me tell you this: nobody fucks with Fred.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not even next. Time.
1: <laughs> well, I must say. <laughs> I'm caught flabbergasted. Okay, Fred. You could have your television. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it was teetering between Nixon and Rip Torn. <laughs> and, uh, other moments that you had? Uh... Getting to the emotional part. Oh, just see, like, yeah, just seeing classic episodes uh, throughout the whole entire thing. Just like, really, I was like, I, re- I saw that episode. I saw this episode. What about Jeff Erlinger? Jeff Erlinger, ring. Remind me who that is.
0: Jeff Erlinger was the little boy in the wheelchair. Oh yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. He, uh, uh that was huge. Also, because like. Some kids needed that too. No, know? they did.
0: They did. I mean, Jeff Erlinger had it, was about to go on a major operation. He had a brain tumor as a young child. He was basically confined to this wheelchair. And what you saw in that sequence was the magic of Fred Rogers, how he, what that entire sequence of them singing with each other is magic. It's just magic. There's just no other way to describe what happened between them. Did you know, by the way, that Later on in life he grew up to be an activist.
1: That's great. Because of
0: Fred Rogers?
1: That's wonderful. And you
0: see in the end of the film in the credits where Jeff Erlinger as an adult still in the wheelchair is brought out to present uh an induction in Fred Rogers into the TV Hall of Fame. Yeah, so I thought that was a beautiful moment.
1: Um the moment that made me cry is not just, I mean, throughout the whole thing, I was getting sniffly and I was like
0: saying, no, no. I was openly weeping at several moments. What are you talking about what? sniffling? Watch this, watch this damn movie. Like,
1: <laughs> I was like, no, stop it. Stop it. you got to treat this movie objectively, you know. But then, you know, at the ending when he was, when they asked, you know, uh, who loves you, you know. That's that's really sometimes all you need to realize that you're loved, you know, and uh, that outshines dark. And I, I, I was like, everybody, you know, everybody, you know, when that question comes to mind, you know, there's always somebody or some people who come to your mind when that question is asked and it is a very important question uh for not only people with depression but just overall in general because people need to hear that and that right there leans a little bit of understanding to people what you know what it means to be human
0: yeah i agree with you i think the last 10 minutes of this movie um it's like somebody open up um uh, the aqueducts and you're just like you're just nothing but crying and crying because you know toward the end of his life and he would give commences I called
1: yeah I called you after the aftermath of of Did me you watch the movie yeah I said I just watched uh I was like bawling like yeah. like
0: post rogue one first viewing bawling <laughs> Go back on YouTube and look up the Rogue One After Dark for a more visceral reaction of Kyle Lira, um of that movie. I was
1: shaken. Yeah. Like that movie shook me to my core. You were of it. I was hashtag shooketh.
0: That last segment um, that began with uh, Fred Rogers' uh, uh speeches at graduations – there was this beautiful moment where this woman who was, you know, one of the people who was graduating, he goes up to Mr. Rogers and she's like, Mr. Rogers, hi, I'm, you know, her name. And, you know, when I was little, I couldn't go to preschool. Um, but my mom would make me watch your show. And I just wanted to thank you for my preschool education. You know, she's on the verge of tears and she goes up to him and she, you know, she, she, she hugs him. Um, and then, One of the things that he said in that commencement address, uh, you never have to do anything sensational. You never once have to do anything sensational to be loved. And think about all the people who from the first day of your life have loved you and have watched over you. And think about wherever they are right now, how proud they must be of you and again when it gets to the the final minutes of, uh, of of the film uh which by the way glad that they had Yo-Yo and Ma, you know, compose a little bit of the music uh he played at the end of the at the film mm-hmm. i mean wonderful uh but in the end of the movie what you had alluded to and of course i think that was meant to be the most emotional moment of the film where They're asked, all of the people who were featured on the show, on the movie, were asked. So so something that Fred would do quite often is he would take a whole minute and he would ask the audience, think right now of one person or, yeah, think of one person that helped you get to where you are along the way. Just one minute. He would always say, "I'll, I'll watch the time while everybody uh, would think of it. And then you see uh, a cascading sequence where all of the of the people who were interviewed are just fondly thinking inwardly about the people that... Openly uh openly
1: weeping, too. I'm sorry? And openly weeping, too.
0: <laughs> and, you know, I think it's... Uh, I think it's uh, important... To remember the people in your life and to remember why you are in this particular moment in time in your life. And to always remember that you didn't get here by yourself. There are people in your life that pushed you, that motivated you to get here. And you wouldn't be there if it weren't for that and so, when you're seeing that happen and you're also yourself wondering, you know, thinking about the people in your life, you can't help but um, also feel emotional. You can't help but also, you know, experience what they're going through. And, th- you know, honestly, just God bless Fred Rogers. God bless that man. For reminding us how good we can be. Reminding us what we should be striving for every day of our lives. Reminding us what real kindness is. Uh, Kyle, who were you thinking about in that moment? If you like to share.
1: Various people. Mm-hmm. Various people that, that helped me through all the stuff namely my mom and stepdad they mm. really they really helped me get through a lot of places. and plus I was such a dark kid growing up that they really they really they really brought a lot of lot of things to perspective they they helped me a lot and they understand uh, what I go through because they lived what I went through mm-hmm you know, they saw firsthand what it does to me. Um and I I I owe the world I owe the world to them.
0: And similarly to what you were saying, or in my case like like in yours, I I was thinking about, you know, my, my mother, my own mom, because a lot of the accomplishments that I've that I've had in my life and where I am in my educational career would not happen if not for her. To to be quite frank with you, I can be the laziest son of a bitch alive a lot of the times.
1: Believe me, guys, I've witnessed that firsthand.
0: And a lot of the times, I have to be really, really pushed into reaching my potential um, and then realizing what I can do. And I can think of no one else in life that that pushed me and into showing what I could be. I, I think to many nights, and by by the way, my mom is not you know, she doesn't have a college degree. She she had some college, but you know, she at most she has a high school diploma. She's a very smart woman, but she didn't finish college. But she. For whatever reason, I can't say, but she always saw something and she recognized that.
1: You had the potential yeah. to, for greatness. Yeah. And she wanted you to strive because she knew that you had that potential, mm-hmm. she, that you had and that And I drive. didn't see it
0: in myself. I didn't see it in, in myself until but, she showed me. Uh-huh. And she showed me. And that's why whenever I do get the chance... um, <clears throat> to advance in my career. I always go out of my way and I tell I tell her thank you. And I I would you know last year I graduated from my uh my university of uh, uh UC San Diego mm-hmm. and I received my bachelor degree. Um and I just I I remember I told her, thank you so much, but I want you to know, you know, she always wanted to finish college, but she never did. And I told her, thank you, but I want you to know that this is, this degree belongs to you as much as it does me. We did this together and I wouldn't have done it if you, if you didn't help me all these years and you didn't push me. So congratulations on your bachelor degree. Um, and I have to tell her that because it's the truth, and that's how I feel. Of course, my father includes it there as well, but my my mom would be the one particularly. that would particularly her. And uh, you know, she and I have a very close relationship, and I uh, I just want her to know that uh, this is an accomplishment that is as much hers as it is mine, because I do feel it's very important to to tell the people in our lives that we love them and that we appreciate them um, and to reciprocate the kindness that they repeatedly show us. Um, So
1: your mom's cool, by the way, thank Um, you. But Patricia, if you're listening, hi, how are you doing? Are you, are you good?
0: You're You're, great. You're, you're 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 a big fan of her pajamas. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your mom's cool too, by the way. Your mom's a rock star.
1: Yeah, she is a, she's a huge rock star. She has a bunch of ailments, but she keeps on going, man. You she's, couldn't
0: even tell. You talked to the woman, you couldn't even tell.
1: She, she's like the frickin' Hulk without the anger management issues.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she just tears. She's just tears. You know, she's great. She's, she's awesome. She's, she's, uh, she's uh she's a beast she's she's wonderful she she's funny she's goofy like me and her could laugh for hours yeah uh and uh we crack each other up we we you know she she's like a more less less messed up version of me (laughs) um but she she's definitely she's definitely there and i you know she's just she's awesome i i love her
0: i love her a lot so I think what, what, uh, for those listening, you can tell very clearly, uh, the emotions that we kind of went through while experiencing this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and be warned, you are going to go through these exact same emotions if you watch this movie. Um, yeah. which I recommend to the highest degree that you do because more so than even a film that I love, perhaps a bit more, a fellow documentary film, Fahrenheit 11.9, I think, uh, is a, an important movie in terms of, you know, telling the story of what America is right now and to remain vigilant and be aware uh, about what's going on. This, even more so, I feel, is a stronger message and a more personal message, and that is, please, more than anything else in your life, Show your love. You have the capacity to feel love. As he says to everybody, I like you just the way you way you are. There is nothing wrong with you. You are in this life. We're all in this life together. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Be kind. That's Fred Rogers. And that's the lessons... That he taught for two generations. I feel, I think maybe even more. And I miss him, even though I didn't grow up with him, even though I didn't meet him. But I like to think of him as somebody who was in all of our lives in one way or another. And in these times where there are people like me who feel strongly that a lot of who we are is being forgotten we've kind of lost our way in terms of common courtesy, in terms of manners, being kind, communication. I mean, we just go and we ignore each other in public places. And I I feel that there's a personal touch in all of our relationships that has been lost. And there's, I don't see many people out there that recognize or even care to bring that back. And All I right. feel it is important, important, very important to remind each other. Nothing's ever really gone and we can get that back. We can certainly get that back. But in this time of bleakness if i'm being fair about where we are his is a voice that is so so missed it's just yeah do you have anything else to add kyle go just go see this movie just see it
1: it's a it's a really good heartfelt movie It it is like it is a message that needs to be you know put across not only america but the world because uh oftentimes we Americans, we only think within our small little bubble and we only think about American problems, but, uh, stuff across the globe is just equally, if not more so, uh, messed up. So I think the world needs to see this movie. Um, and I think that, uh, Mr. Rogers, uh, uh, uh message of be kind, uh, be courteous, be, be a good neighbor is something that everybody should take to heart. uh, uh Not only today, but, you know, uh, every day for the rest of your life, you know, I think that that should be the main message. You know, difficult as it may be, because I believe me, the human race is just a big bag of assholes, but it's just one person to like say, hey, it. It's not as cynical as it seems, you know? So I, I, I think that we, I think that we need to take that to heart. We need to take that in the mind. We need to get that fucking tattooed somewhere. I don't know. Whatever the hell you want. Uh, just, just be a good neighbor.
0: Be a good neighbor. I, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, uh, for today. I want to mm. once again, Encourage everyone to go watch this movie. Thank you, Kyle, for being here. Thank you for sharing uh, your memories and your stories. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, Our shows are available every Sunday. Um, Podcast.com, iTunes, uh, Mixcloud, and Google Play, and, and many other platforms on our YouTube channel. Um, Kyle and I recently did a show on the fantasy affair podcast where we talk about some, some Disney movies. Right. Um, and Peter and I recently did a, did a, um, a Oscar special, uh, where we mention um, I think the film and its absence in the category. Um, but more than anything, I want to thank you all for listening. And I hope, I really do hope that people out there heard the message of this movie. Um, and live their lives the way Fred did um, With that Thank you Thank you mom Thank you Mr. Rogers And until next time Bye bye
1: It's such a good Feeling To know you're alive It's such a happy feeling You're growing inside And when you wake up Ready to say I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling. The feeling, you know, that I'll be back when the day is new. And I'll have more ideas for you. And we'll have things you'll want to talk about.
0: I will, too. Bye bye